Welcome to the Joy and Infertility Podcast, where we are finding joy even in infertility. I'm your host, Kaylee Porter, and guys, this is episode one. I'm so excited this day is finally here. I've been waiting a long time for this moment right here, and I'm so glad that you're here with me. So today I'm chatting with a girl that I actually met online. You might have heard of her if you've been in this infertility journey for long. Her name is Caroline Harries, and she is a past corporate finance girl turned blogger, author, and speaker. She blogs at In Due Time and has written a book for those of us in the wake called In Due Time as well. She also hosts a national conference called Moms in the Making. She's so passionate about encouraging those of us who are still in the wait because as you'll find out, she's still in the wait as well. So I hope today she encourages you as you hear her story, her view of God's purpose and his plan through her journey. The Lord spoke to me and he said, Caroline, you need to stop. You are trying to control and you need to surrender it over to me because it's not by your works that you'll have a baby. It's not by diet you'll have a baby or it's not even by timing intercourse that you'll have a baby. It's by my grace and it will be a gift from me. Oh, guys, I can't wait for y'all to hear what else she has to say. So grab a cup of coffee and let's get started. Hey, Caroline, welcome to the Joy and Infertility podcast. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I met you through our mutual friend. I like to call them the Elizabeths. There's two Elizabeths that (laughs) when I first moved to Texas, they said, you have got to start following this girl. You'll love her. And I did. And I do. Obviously, I have I just love your ministry. I love your heart for the girls that are still in the wait. Um, And I feel like you just epitomize what this podcast is all about. But before we get into that part of your story, would you tell us a little bit about your family? Yes. So I also live in Dallas, Texas, and I grew up in Oklahoma, but moved to a suburb of Dallas, my junior of high school. So I went to Baylor for college. I graduated with a degree in finance and marketing, came back to Dallas and entered the corporate world. So Met my husband in 2009, and we got married in 2011, and now here we are, married almost seven years at the beginning of 2018, and as we'll probably talk about later, still on our wait for kids. So my parents are in the Dallas area. I have two brothers who have children, and we have, I think it's 13 nieces and nephews. Oh my goodness, that picture you posted a few days ago with like all the kids. Yes. <laughs> so uh, precious. Isn't that so sweet? That's a fun way to to get that love out of your heart into yes. those little kiddos. Oh yeah. We we love them. <laughs> so what what's your what's tell us about your fertility journey? What is what has it been like this far? Yeah, so like I said, we got married in twenty eleven and then pretty soon into our marriage we decided we were ready for kids, you know kind of living in the South and going to Baylor. I had a lot of friends who got married right out of college. So that was not me. It took me a little bit to find my husband. And so we didn't really see any reason to wait. So thankfully, a regular gyno appointment led to both my husband and I getting baseline tests because of prior health history we both had had. And those tests came back just devastating. So this was the beginning of 2012. So We found out my husband was diagnosed with azuspermia, which just means no sperm. And then I had a bunch of hormonal irregularities, including a tumor on my pituitary gland and just kind of a lot of things that were off. So 
you know, much like anyone who's probably listening to this podcast or, you know, even for yourself, no one expects that to happen, right? You get married and you have babies. So we were just completely caught off guard. I didn't even know there was something called azuspermia or what no sperm meant. You know, it was just Mm -hmm. all just devastating. But I still remember in that moment, you know, receiving those phone calls and just getting with my husband, his name's Colby, and just diving into the word. I remember we opened up the Psalms together and just started praying together. And again, much like most people know, once you get a test result come back like that, you're referred to a specialist. So we were referred to a specialist, which we went to. My husband had a few more semen analysis done, and then we met with a reproductive endocrinologist, which of course told us there's no way you'll ever have kids. You know, there are things they can do on males, even though the realm of what they can do is so limited compared to females. Mm -hmm. But they did tell us, you know, they can go in and do a surgery and try to dig for sperm and that kind of thing. So, again, this is the beginning of 2012. We did not feel led to do any medical intervention whatsoever. So we actually, here we are, 2017, we haven't been back to the doctor since. And um, we really just felt a piece about pursuing natural options. So my husband moved to Georgia for six months for work, kind of in the middle to have a baby. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Right. (laughs) It's like, okay, Lord, the crazy thing is he got the call about this position and moving to Georgia while we were at the doctor. (laughs) It was like so clear that God was just saying, nope. So he moved to Georgia. I clearly had too much time on my hands. So while he was gone, I started researching. I've always been just someone who loves working out and eating healthy. That's always been something that's been important to me, but I kind of took it a step further. Mm -hmm. So research vitamins, acupuncture, essential oils. So by the time he came back, we were doing all of that. We were doing everything natural. I was charting my temperatures every morning. We were doing ovulation kits. We were eating like a joke, quinoa only diets, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously exaggerating there a little bit, but being pretty extreme. Um, and then that led us to August of 2013. I woke, or I had had a dream that I was pregnant and I woke up and I was so excited and I went to go take a pregnancy test and it was negative. And at the same time I had started my period. Mm -hmm. And so that moment was what I consider, you know, looking back our rock bottom moment, August, 2013. Mm. And in that moment, the Lord spoke to me and he said, Caroline, you need to stop. You are trying to control and you need to surrender it over to me because it's not by your works that you'll have a baby. It's not by diet. You'll have a baby, or it's not even by timing intercourse that you'll have a baby. It's by my grace and it will be a gift from me. And so August, 2013 to here we are in at the end of 2017. So over four years, we've not charted or timed intercourse. We, of course, eat healthy, but um, we're not taking like 50 pills a day or doing acupuncture or all those things. So it was just a moment of surrender. And so our story looks different than most. We are just believing for miracles. Um, And we know know it'll come. We just don't know when. So Mm. that is kind of the overview of our story. So we'll get in a minute to what what your platform is now with all of this, but with your platform, like you have got to be getting advice from a hundred different people every day of like, but have you tried this? And why don't you do this? How do you, how do you like say no to all those things and just really stay focused on what you feel like God has told you and Colby to do? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I had done a post on this a few years ago. I think it was titled something like the hurt of how to, because, you know, we've all received that advice. Well, if you just took a vacation or, you know, just all the things, if you tried this diet, you know, especially with all these like multi-level marketing stuff too, it's like, oh, well, this is the latest vitamin that will work. And we just have to go back in that moment to saying, Lord, it's not about what anyone else tells us. And yes, we believe he can speak through others. So we want to be obedient to what he's saying, Mm. but all those things just cause anxiety. So we have to constantly go back to, okay, what are we hearing from the Lord? And at this time, we don't feel like released to pursue medicine or adoption or anything. Now, might he change his mind? Absolutely. And do we want to be obedient to that? Yes. But, you know, I think just as believers and as people in any kind of way, it's always, it's constant um, stuff from other people. And what the post was saying was the reason I don't like that advice is because it goes back to putting the pressure on Colby and I, it goes back to us having to perform to get the baby. And that's exact opposite of how our relationship with Jesus is. It's out of his grace. And yes, he wants faith and obedience, but we don't have to do something. It's not, Oh, if you have a piece of pizza, he's going to withhold it from you. You know, he's a good father. And so Yeah, that's hard. And sometimes that's daily and sometimes that's monthly. But just going back to truth and what we know to be true. Do you have like a favorite or can you say like a favorite funny advice that you've gotten from people through the years? Oh, my gosh. I, that's hard. That's a good question. You know, I think we've probably at this point, almost six years in, have heard it all. Nothing like too funny comes up. You know, what's interesting to me is people all the time tell us, well, you should travel. Well, we actually... You travel all the travel. time. Yeah, yeah. We don't, you know, <laughs> compared to people who travel like for their job, it's not that much, but we take at least probably three trips a year. So that one's kind of funny. Um, you know, we've, We've had all the multi-level marketing the products pushed down our throat, which that's always interesting to me. Uh, but no, I can't, nothing comes to mind specifically. My favorite one that, that we got was, which if this person is listening, like, thank you for your advice. I know you, I know you love Jesus and you were trying to be helpful, but it just goes down in the books for just a funny moment that Jay and I had. Um, she came up to me at church when she heard that we were, you know, we had went public with our story and she let me know that they had struggled for six months to have their kid. Um, and so she said, I, what helped her, what did it for her was that she went to Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. And there was a fertility god there and she touched it. And that's oh, what dear. helped her. And so she just wanted me to go oh, down gosh. to, I think it was Orlando, to touch the fertility god. So we were able like, to enjoy that. Laugh moment. about that. Laugh. Yeah. You're like, oh, I believe in Jesus, not your statue. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I have had, you know, several people come up to me saying it's been three months and it's really hard. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't know how I'm going to, and it's just, you know, I feel like these moments just set us up with what are we going to choose in that moment? Right. And I think mm-hmm. it's grace. It's grace of these people have no idea. And how many times have I been that person who's given someone poor and honestly just rude advice. And so I think it's just an opportunity to give grace and to just brush it off, you know, and at almost six years in, it's like, you can't even bother with those comments anymore (laughs) because if you let everyone get you down, you're just going to be depressed. So 
Yeah, exactly. How does how does Colby process everything? Since I mean, I feel like some husbands there it's not there's no fault of their like physical part at all, but because it's you and Colby, how does he handle everything? Yeah, he you know, I'll probably just brag on him and everyone thinks their husband's the sweetest, but he's just the sweetest. He from the very beginning was let us be open about our journey. We never really held anything back, which for it being mainly a male factor situation was just such a gift and a blessing that he was able to put away his own pride and, Mm -hmm. and everything and just say, no, the power of prayer is important. And that's what, you know, we need to make sure that we are just sharing this with whoever we can. He's been nothing but supportive. And, you know, I think it's always hard in this route to parenthood that the journey looks so different. The journey in the way looks so different for what I go through versus what he goes through, especially since I'm pretty much in this full-time ministry of, you know, his feelings when I start my period are way different than me, right? Right. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like, it's not his body and all those things. So I will say that's kind of been hard at times of how to communicate how different even the weight is and the desire is, even though he desires it. Uh, But at the end of the day, he's been nothing but loving and supportive. And I mean, I have nothing negative to say. He's just been super open and, and honest. And he, you know, again, it's not his everyday life like it is mine because I'm in the ministry part of it. So it's, I think it just looks different for both of us. Mm-hmm. And for those of you listening that if, I mean, if your husband is not on board with this journey, um, I just encourage you to obviously pray, talk to him and then maybe go talk to some other couples that could help him understand like how he, how, how, what you need from him. Because I know I've heard some couples, their husbands won't even go do their semen analysis because they're too ashamed. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the, that's step one in infertility. You can't go anywhere until you do that. Um, and so I just, just talk to somebody like it's, it's too hard of a road to go alone. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I just had done a live Facebook video on shame because I feel like that's such the tactic of the enemy is to come in and make make people feel like it's their fault. So again, for anyone who's listening, it's not your fault. God's not disappointed in you. This is not a punishment. Your body's not broken. Um, And what what the enemy loves to do, especially in something like infertility, is isolate you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, not only talk to people, but also share with those. You don't have to, you know, announce it publicly on Facebook. But I think the power of just sharing with those around you is so important. Right. And men, you're not any less of a man because you may have some issues with this. Like what makes you even more powerful of a man is when you can you can link arms with your wife and do this, do this journey together with her and be what she needs and help her like allow her to be what you need as well. Um, so obviously you made a decision to go public, very public with your story. So before we get into what that's going to, what that all entails, um, what did you went, you went public in 2012. Is that what I read? Yes. And so that was right when you found out. Yes, it was really, it's just funny looking back. The Lord's just, you know, he makes us laugh sometimes. So, you know, we found out at the beginning of 2012, a few days later, it was our first wedding anniversary. And so we were driving down to Austin to see some family and then kind of just do a little getaway. And I just remember, I still remember being in that car and the Lord saying, you need to start a blog. Mm. And I kind of laughed. So again, I shared my background as finance. I'm a number cruncher. I could talk about Excel all day, but when it comes to writing, I it's something I honestly always struggled with. 
And so I just kind of laughed and well, that led to the blog. So I started a blog probably that week. And at the time, I think I probably did a few posts and just kept it private, but then it was something we shared with family and friends. Um, it was never anything I like, again, came out and did some social media announcement of this is what we're going through. It just kind of organically happened. And then when it came time that I started this ministry, then it was, you know, it naturally goes public. And um, I've, well, no, I shouldn't say that. I have now shared some posts to like my, my Facebook profile and everything, but it was really the Lord nudging us um, to share. And so much wasn't just him telling me to start a blog, but a lot of it was, again, going back to the power of prayer and why that's great. Colby and I can pray all day long. How much power is there when we have hundreds or thousands mm-hmm. of people, you know, joining arms with us to pray with us. So, and so that blog didn't stop there. So what all do you do now? Cause you are not in finance anymore, right? <laughs> I'm not. That was, that's a big piece of the puzzle. So yeah, I started the blog in 2012 and it's called in due time. It was not called that at the time, but I changed it. <laughs> in 2013. In 2013, I started a support group in my house. I just invited a few people over who were going through infertility and just wanted to offer kind of a safe place for women to chat. So that led to what is now my full-time job. It's called Moms in the Making. So it's a ministry for anyone in the wait, whether their story is adoption, whether it's infertility, repeated miscarriages, Mm -hmm. you know, we welcome everyone. So that was in 2013. In 2015, we expanded that to an online community, which is um, on Facebook. So we have over 2,000 women there from all over the world. And then in 2017, we became an official nonprofit organization, and we just hosted our first national conference. So just a few weeks ago. So that is, to answer your question, what I do full-time now. I left the corporate world just a few months ago. It's probably been four or five months. After 11 years in finance, I left. Um, super, super hard <laughs> decision. You know, it was a job I loved. It was security. It was mm-hmm. an income. It was not my identity, but it's a lot easier. You know, it's another thing. People don't understand someone staying at home unless they have kids. Oh, so yeah. the amount of people who have questioned, well, why would you quit? You don't have kids. It's just so frowned upon. So that aspect, again, it's just those comments you have to deal with. Mm. Um, But yeah, so I'm doing full-time ministry now with Moms in the Making and also, you know, invest time in my blog as well. And you wrote a book, right? I did. Yeah, I wrote a book and I launched that last year. And so it's a 60-day devotional. And, you know, a lot of the the following and probably the people who have purchased it or anyone are, are those who are going through infertility. But it was really written from the perspective that anyone could pick it up and be encouraged. And so how has, have you ever, has there ever been a moment since 2012 when you went so public? Has there ever been a moment that you have regretted the decision to go public? No, but so many moments where I want to kind of crawl into a hole <laughs> after I, like a lot of times I'll publish a blog post. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, why did we write that together? And, you know, it, 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 it's just, it's your it's heart. Internet. It's, it's your, your heart, heart and you're putting it all out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the nice thing about a blog post is you could always delete it, which I've never done that versus a book, which is like final, final. Right. Um, but no, I mean, I think in the moment I'm like, oh my gosh, I just, said all those things, you know, not in a bad way, but just in a vulnerable way. Um, But 
I've never once regretted it, Mm -hmm. even though it's not easy. You know, it's saying yes to ministry hasn't been easy. Saying yes to surrendering it, our story over to God hasn't been easy. Saying yes to writing a book or hosting a conference, none of this has been easy, but it's always worth it, you know, and that Mm -hmm. vulnerability is is what is going to make other people know they're not alone, and it's what's going to build intimacy, and I think it's just concept of the kingdom is, hey, we don't live in secrecy. We don't live in shame, but we live in, you know, sharing our life and sharing what Jesus is doing in our life with others. Mm, so good. And how much how much more glory can he receive when, when so many people know of our story and when that miracle happens or just, I mean, goodness, just watching you struggle well points to how good our God is. That he doesn't just let us wallow in a pit. He pulls us out and he gives us a new song, even in the midst of our trials. So I just love that. I love that you've been so public. And I read the other day that you have seen over 45 miracle babies born out of your group. That's a lot of babies. That's you, a lot of babies, and that's just our local group. So that that, that's what I was going to say. That was local. Online. And <laughs> yeah. every time you're with one, you always post a picture with them and, like, yes. recognize the, how much of a miracle is and they are, and I love that. To be a leader of, like, that group and that this movement, really, and to have baby announcement after baby announcement and shower invite after shower invite, and you're still waiting. Like, how do you... How do you handle those those invitations and those announcements when they come through your computer or your phone? Yeah, you know, I think it's one thing when you are walking with a friend who comes up to you and says, oh, I mean, I don't know, like, oh, I just got married and I'm pregnant and I don't want any kids, right? Those kind mm-hmm. of situations are harder. I think it sets a totally different tone when you're walking with people and you're praying with people and you're mm-hmm. believing for the miracle and they get pregnant. I think there's nothing but, you know, joy and celebration that comes with it. Of Lord, you're doing it. And these are women who, it's not just that they're pregnant, but I've seen their hearts transformed. I've seen their whole lives transformed Mm -hmm. of, I remember when they were sitting on my couch and their identity was just in PCOS and they were broken and they were hurting. Mm -hmm. And not only did God heal their heart, but he healed their womb as well. And so for me, there's nothing but celebration. With that being said, I have told Father many times, do you realize I'm the only one who hasn't had a baby from the original group? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and those thoughts don't come up much. I more just kind of tease them about it. Like, don't you think it can be my turn, uh, turn next? But, you know, it's really just an honor to, uh, this is, you know, we're not just meeting again for the pregnancy. We're meeting more for the heart of encountering Jesus in that way. Mm-hmm. But it's just such a gift and joy. I think the hardest part for me just to be vulnerable is, you know, some of these women have had three or four babies now. We've had two that have gone on to have four babies now. Um, and I think the two hardest things are probably honestly feeling a little forgotten in the sense of, man, couldn't they have at least been like, thank you for opening up your home for years and, Mm. you know, pouring out your heart to me. Um, And I think sometimes it is a little hard when they are all having playdates. And again, I feel forgotten of, Mm. wow, these people know each other, not because of me, but because I was willing to open up my house. The only reason they're friends is because the Lord, you know, brought us all together. And so I don't know if I've ever shared this with anyone, but I think those are kind of the two moments where I'm like, oh, they're all having play dates and they're all like still good friends. Yet I feel like I was kind of kicked out of that friendship circle. 
um, when I felt like I was kind of the main connector point. So I think in general, every pregnancy and baby I've never, you know, and I always go back to, okay, jealousy is not in heaven and Mm -hmm. we should always be thinking how heaven thinks. And so if it's not in heaven, it shouldn't be here on earth. And so with my local team, I've definitely never felt any jealousy, but if it were one of those situations, like I mentioned earlier, where it's like, oh, I had to wait three months and I was pregnant. I just bless them. Mm -hmm. I just pray out loud and start to blessing them. Cause what that does is it counteracts any feelings that enemy wants to bring in with jealousy. So yeah, a, a mentor of mine back in the day when I first started struggling with, or, you know, kind of, ver- she was really the only person that I had verbalized this journey with um, at that time. And she just made the, she was actually kind of related it to her trying to sell her house and they couldn't sell their house, but every other house was being sold. Every time she drove by a stuff for sale sign, there was a house for sale and it sold mm-hmm. like the next day. And she was like, Lord, like here I am trying to serve you and we're trying to do, do more service to you and we can't our house won't sell and it's keeping us from doing what we, what you've called us to do. And he just, she's just felt like he told her just be thankful. And Mm. so she decided to every house sign that she saw, she prayed over and thanked God or in every sold sign she saw, she thanked God that he had sold that house for that family. And I know that's nothing compared to what, you know, infertility is like, but she encouraged me to every pregnancy announcement you see and every friend that tells you or every you know, every baby shower invite, just take a moment and pray over that family. Thank God that they, you know, that he gave them that miracle. And it does, it just shifts something in your mm-hmm. heart and it doesn't give any room for jealousy and bitterness. And so I started doing that that day and it completely shifted. I think it completely shifted our walk. Um, it just, it just put us in line with what he wanted for us. And so I just, that's such that's such good advice. Just pray over them and thank God for them and that baby. Because let's be honest, y'all, every baby is a miracle. Like, I think being in this infertility world in this sign like medical world, which I'm so not a part of, but when you hear them say like, "Here's what it takes to actually get pregnant," it's like, how mm-hmm. is anybody walking around this world with being pregnant? This is crazy. It's so hard to. It is such a miracle for everything to get lined up. Um, and so I just try to, I try to look at every baby, every pregnancy, like, even though you may not have wanted this, even though, even though they were shocked or surprised, that's, it's still a miracle. God still had a hand in all that. And I know when it's my turn too, I'm like, I want to be celebrated, you know? So I want to treat others again, how I want to be treated. So seeds of celebration now. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I better have lots of baby showers. Yes. I've hosted a lot. <laughs> right. So Caroline, if they want to connect with you, how can they do that? Yeah. So you can find me on my blog. If you just Google in due time blog, you'll, it'll come up or in due time, Caroline, it'll come up. And, um, we also do have the moms in the making ministry. That website is moms in the making group.com. Um, but either of those, you know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. My handle there is trusting in due time. So yeah, lots of ways to find me. Awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the girls before we end out? No, I think, you know, I always want to encourage people just don't do this alone that, you know, if you don't want to join a support group or an online group, at least tell friends and tell family and, um, make it be a safe place and know that infertility is not God's desire that his his desires to be fruitful and multiply. That was his idea. His idea is life. So Mm -hmm. keep pressing in. And, you know, I love to believe with you if you're someone in the wait, so don't hesitate to reach out. 
Thank you so much. Thank you for your heart for these girls and us moms who are still waiting. Thank you for saying yes in 2012 to like so many things because it's led led you to here. And I just thank God that he's laid this ministry on your heart and that you haven't been, um, you haven't turned that, that call down. I appreciate that. And you've made such a difference in so many families' stories. So thanks for coming on today. Thank you. It was so fun. Thanks for having me. Guys, I want to encourage you to reach out to Caroline on Facebook. Join the community that she mentioned that's on Facebook. She is so active every day. She's encouraging women. She's asking questions. And the community that those girls have is really, really special. So make sure you do that. I'm going to put the link in the show notes on how to find that group. And then the Moms in the Making conference that she mentioned, tickets are already on sale. The conference is October 12th and 13th in Dallas, Texas. You can go to momsinthemakinggroup.com to buy your tickets. Caroline is also offering 15% off of her book called In Due Time. You can use the code JOYININFERTILITY15, that's 15, at in-due-time.com. And don't worry, I'll put all these links in our show notes so that you can find how to get in the community on Facebook, how you can buy your tickets for the Moms in the Making Conference, and the book discount. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Joy and Infertility Podcast. Before you head out, I want to leave you with this. Isaiah 40, 31 says, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I know, guys, waiting is so hard, but what I hope you will come to believe is this. God is with you. He sees your heart. He loves you, and He is good. There will be beauty born from your journey. Have a great day.